ButcherBox makes it easy and convenient to get the highest quality grass-fed, grass-finished beef, organic free-range chicken, heritage breed pork, and wild-caught seafood without any antibiotics or added hormones delivered straight to your door. For me, I love their ribeye steak with a smoke and reverse sear, their tender belly bacon, which is some of the best uncured bacon on planet Earth. ButcherBox partners with people, small farmers included, that treat their animals in the best possible way and never give any added antibiotics or hormones. When you join, you choose your box and delivery frequency. You can cancel at any time without any penalty, and ButcherBox delivers amazing and fresh meat right to your door in a 100% recyclable box. For a limited time only, get free chicken nuggets for a year and 10% off your first box when you sign up today and use the code WP. That's a 22-ounce bag of gluten-free organic chicken nuggets in every order for a year when you sign up at butcherbox.com forward slash WP and use the code WP. Welcome to Western Contours Podcast, sharing experiences, providing insight, and looking for solutions to become better hunters. We talk gear, on and off season preparation, tips and tactics, conservation, and finding inspiration in the outdoors as sportsmen and women. Thank you for joining us as we share our love for all things Western hunting. Hey guys, I sat down with Logan McKinney out of Arizona. We get into irreplaceable bonds, his plans for his Arizona ranch, PTSD, and second chance outdoors in his mission with vets and first responders. Enjoy the episode. So we're on with Logan McKinney. Logan, welcome, man. I appreciate you sitting down with me. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. But you should have... uh invited me over for some of that halibut we were just talking about <laughs> <laughs> man oh we're gonna start on the traeger thing already <laughs> I'll, I'll say it one more time best best uh 700 and some odd dollars i've ever spent on a grill <laughs> that's crazy man <laughs> i you know i never thought that one i didn't think i was gonna buy one right and i kind of pushed it off because i was like oh this is all hype like i was telling you and uh, the more I use this thing, the more I think it was foolish not to get one sooner. I'm definitely going to have to uh, check that out, man. man. They're so freaking good, man. <laughs> <laughs> you can't pass up that. You know what I mean? Like, good food's hard to come by these days, it yeah. seems. I'm telling you. So I was telling you, right, We we my wife made halibut steaks. And this is the second time she's done them on there. And the first time, I, it was like mind-blown. So she... You know, she figured it out. She refined it a little bit. And it it is the best halibut I've ever had in my life. And uh, we we eat fish pretty frequently, man. And it was, it's just, yeah, that thing is stupid amazing. Unreal. So we'll get off the Traeger. Traeger, you got your plugs. You know, probably the only one you're going to get. <laughs> I love it, but, you know, everybody else is doing it. So why don't we jump in, man? Give us a little bit of intro and some background and let everybody know who uh, Logan McKinney is. Yeah, man. Uh, crazy. I mean, not a whole lot of crazy background or anything like that. Um, started out in Kansas City. Uh, my mom met a dude, you know, a little later on in my life, and he had a, a 
we uh, he had a thousand acre farm up in northeast Missouri, and you know he took me up there the first time and kind of showed me uh, how to shoot and how to fish and all sorts of stuff and kind of just started run running with it from there. Um, in two thousand eight, I decided you know it's time to grow up a little bit, but college is probably not the direction I need to go. So let me go, uh, let me go do this crazy thing and, and join the military. <laughs> so, uh, February of 2008, I left for basic training and, uh, to Lackland air force base and in, in San Antonio. And, uh, I don't think my mom's ever really forgiven me for that. One. <laughs> <laughs> um, from there, man, like I had never really been out of the Midwest. I'd been to, you know, like Florida and, and stuff like that, gone to the beach. Cause that's kind of what my, my folks are into. Um, and from Lackland air force base, uncle sugar sent me up to Anchorage, Alaska, where I had halibut for the first time. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah, man. Like you want some fresh halibut. That's where you go. Um, and man, I saw the mountains and I was, I was done. Like I, I cannot live anywhere without mountains anymore. Um, so I spent a couple of years up there, went all over, you know, Japan and Korea, went to the UAE on a, on a quote unquote deployment. Um, that was more of like a paid vacation to go to Dubai and hang out for a little while. So that was pretty cool. <laughs> um, while I was up there, unfortunately, and you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty. Um, I didn't do any hunting, but I did a whole lot of fishing up there. And I wish I would have uh, attempted some Alaskan hunting, but you know, the cards just weren't weren't on the table for me at that point. Um, from there, got transferred down to Alamogordo, New Mexico, which is just south of Rio Doso, New Mexico. Um, and from there, man, like we went all over through the mountains up there in Rio Doso and Cloudcroft and all sorts of stuff. Um, took my rifle on a lot of long walks. <laughs> Don't we all, man? Don't we <laughs> oh, all? Oh, yeah, man. Uh, that was the first time. That was the first place I ever heard a, an elk bugle in the mountains. And, man, I need to I need to find a way to get me one of these critters. Um, so from there, I deployed uh, to... Afghanistan and I got off the plane and I don't know if, uh, I don't know if you've ever been to Southern New Mexico or like El Paso or anything like that, but man, we got off the plane and I looked around and did they just fly us around for a long time <laughs> and drop, drop us off somewhere that I haven't been yet. Cause this looks vaguely familiar. <laughs> like I think they're playing a joke on us. Um, then we took our first, you know, took our first indirect fire. I'm like, Oh, wait a minute. Okay. Yeah, we're not, we're not, uh, <laughs> we're not in New Mexico anymore. I don't know, man. Uh, you get down to El Paso, man, you hear some of those stories. You might not have been far off. <laughs> no kidding. Oh, good old Warren stories, man. <laughs> they would always, they would say, don't ever go down there. If we were on active duty, man, we could not go to Mexico. Um, did a, did a pretty, pretty intense tour there. Uh, did ran 210 combat missions, did a bunch of stuff from just presence patrols to taking stuff to villagers or doing, uh, 
making contact with, you know, a couple of alphabet soup folks um, saying, hey, you need to go to this building. There's they're building IEDs in there. So we'd go in and secure that. And then the alphabet soup agencies would come in and take over and all that fun stuff. Then uh, after that, it was it was a wrap for me and it was time to time to move to something different. Um, and applied with a sheriff's office in the four corners area of New Mexico and got hired on and ran with being a police officer for, for quite a while. Um, and that had, that had some pretty crazy events in and itself, but now, uh, I'm down in Arizona hanging out, left law enforcement, um, for some, for various reasons that I'm sure we'll get into later on. Um, working more of a, a nine to five type gig with waste management, um, bought a little ranch up towards Williams, Arizona, got 40 acres up there and I'm just kind of hanging out now and getting ready for, uh, whatever, whatever is next. So first off, man, uh, thank you for your service. Um, I'm sure myself and well, I know myself, but I'm sure a lot of the listenership, uh, appreciates that, man. I, uh, I can't say enough about you guys that, that make that choice to, uh, serve our country, man. It is greatly appreciated from, from my seat here, man. So thank you. Absolutely, man. It was my pleasure. And, uh, if the, if the opportunity came knocking at the door for whatever reason, I'd go back and, and do it again if we, if we needed it. So you guys just made that, uh, made that move to Arizona freaking real recently, man. Yeah, man. January. I bought I bought the ranch before I even had a a place to live. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way to do it. <laughs> Priorities, man. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Hunting land before the home. <laughs> Absolutely. I told my wife I was like, uh, I did a thing. <laughs> What'd you do? I'm like, you know that thing I I talked about and I thought it would be cool. She's like, you did it, didn't you? Yeah, absolutely, I did. Heck yeah, man. <laughs> That's awesome though. I mean, that there's nothing better than being able to, if you're in that position to be able and just, you know, just take that chance, do something that you just want to do that you're, you know, you're dreaming about. Yeah, man. Like I said, we have that, that farm up there in Northeast Missouri and that's kind of where I learned a whole lot of stuff, man, from, from shooting to fishing. Uh, I killed my first, uh, my first whitetail up there. Um, and there's a few successful hunts thereafter. Um, but man, like there's nothing in my opinion, um, there's nothing greater than being able to say, yep, that, that piece of America is, is, is mine. <laughs> that is badass. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I'm, I made it. I don't, if, if something happens tomorrow, like, Hey, I, I, I lived my dream and I, and I had it. Lot again, man. There's a lot to be said about being able to do that and and say that and feel that way. You know, we were extremely lucky and came across um, the ranch and in the way we did, man. It wasn't. Um, it's just there. It was something that I couldn't say no to, um, and just the opportunity was right, and we had to take it. So what what part of Arizona? 
I'm down in Phoenix now, um, where where we've got the little little plot of paradise is up in Game Management Unit Ten, um, so up near the Kayabab. <laughs> you can't pass. Yeah, you can't pass that one up. I mean, you start talking about Northern Arizona, and and I think I've said it on the podcast before, though. But Arizona is kind of underrated when you start Dude, talking it's a sleeper about state, yeah, man. start talking about Western hunting. I mean, only second to California. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, there's a lot of opportunity here for sure, and I cannot wait to get into it. So what kind of, what do you have bordering? You got any national forest or anything bordering you? Is, is it? Yeah, I've got some state land um, just to my south. And then kind of just surrounding the entire area is you're moving into some, an Indian reservation. And then uh, like more moving, if you go to the east, you're moving into the Kaibab. Yeah, that's awesome, man. So how I know you got cameras out there already. You and you and the daughter went up. How's that looking? You seen anything yet? Man, we got some cows. <laughs> <laughs> uh no, we're we're seeing some stuff. I moved uh went up there and remember that conversation we had <laughs> about the eighteen thousand pictures? Right. Uh my settings were a little off. Oh, so it was just taken. So I was wondering, but so, I mean, at least as animals, man, it's not that, that damn branch that gets us all, you know, that we, we didn't realize we didn't, you know, we didn't cut high enough and it's flapping in front of the sensor, man, just taking pictures of, of everything and nothing. Now we had a, we had a couple of bucks up there nothing to, no, nothing to write home about yet. Um, I'd let them walk and let them grow um, a lot of, a lot of does. And then I just moved it. Um, two weeks ago, I think is when I was up there. And so I need to get up there probably not this weekend, but the, the following, um, and pull it down. But we moved it to a new location, um, where we've been, where I've seen a lot of promise. So I'm hoping to catch that, that monster buck or a good elk on there or something. So are you, so that when you start going that far north, are you guys seeing, I guess the coos numbers would, would kind of decline the further we go north. I know, you know, I forget that, that GMU right there outside of, I think it's 22, just northeast of Phoenix. I'm not seeing any coos up there, um, but man, I would love to. If I did, I'd probably scream like a little girl and kind of do a little dance, man. <laughs> Yeah, that uh, I mean, that little tiny deer has has caused more heartache uh, than I think the blacktail man, these coastal blacktail out here. I want one. Yeah. Well, I want both, <laughs> but I mean, <laughs> if you, I had to pick one, I think I'd go with the coos. Yeah, you and uh, you and half the Western United States, man. That you know, December Absolutely. January when <laughs> they have that that OTC, you know, mule deer or any deer tag that goes out, man, it just that goes off, man. There's Would you stop telling people about that? <laughs> <laughs> well, the, that's the, like the best kept secret, man. Well, the the thing with that hunt, and I don't, I don't know. I think that that is cats out of the bag on that one, right? Because last year, I know a ton of guys that went, um, but I also know a ton of guys that said I'll never go back because it's some of the hardest hunting. They, you know, we'd see a deer a half mile out and couldn't get within, you know, four hundred yards of them. On, yeah, I just watched a uh, a little video series on Onyx. Um, like it, they called it the Everybody's Hunt, I think it was, 
And those dudes hunted for like nine days and finally saw a big old, big old buck and they put a stock on him, but couldn't close the deal, man. But it was fun to watch them and, and see where they're at. And I actually, uh, hit a few of them up on Instagram. I'm like, Hey man, I'm not asking for all your secrets, but this is the, this is the unit that I'm kind of scoping. Am I getting warm at all? <laughs> yeah. You're getting warm. Perfect. That's, <laughs> That's all I needed. Yeah. Why? Well, I forget who the heck was I talking to, man. I can't forget. I remember the gentleman's name. Oh man. I, I hate when I do that. He's with the ethics archery. And he said that he was telling me that the average shot is, is 60 plus yards on those guys. Yeah. It's, it's going to be tough. That's uh yeah. Hopefully uh, I'm not going to say I'll get out there, but hopefully this January I'll be able to make time to get out there. Last year got blown out with the podcast just starting. That would be fun, man. That would be fun. What about the, uh, the stink pigs, man, the javelina down South. Um, I've got a buddy down in Tucson that wants me to come down there and, and chase some stink pigs. But the cool thing is, if I remember right about that, uh, that OTC hunt, we were just talking about, if I remember correctly, you can take a javelina as well. Well, not on the same tag. It, it is right, a separate if, but tag. But if you get yeah, if you get the the heavy tag, yep, then you, got, you can go after them during that same time. Yeah, you got three animals you could chase. That was one of the reasons I was looking at that unit right outside of Phoenix because the the javelina numbers were pretty good. Uh, the coos were a little bit lower than. I wanted, but the mule deer numbers were there. So I was like, that's a kind of a threefer right there, you know, to hit that unit um, and have an opportunity at all three animals. Heck yeah. And just, it would be, I mean, December, January and, and Phoenix is perfect. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. I, that, that desert heat and, uh, 110 in the it, shade. It's a little warm today. <laughs> Sure. Are you guys, are you guys getting hot already? Cause we've been unseasonably cool here in California. I was driving home today and the truck was reading 104. I'll, <laughs> I, I think I'll go like Flagstaff North. Flagstaff is beautiful, but Hey, it's a dry heat. That's what they tell me anyway. Yeah. Okay. I'm like, I'm, I'm not, I'm sweating. I don't know what you guys mean by dry. <laughs> <laughs> At a hundred and a hundred plus degrees, man, I don't care if it's dry, humid. It just, it's still hotter than hell. You know, it's hot. Yeah. You could, <laughs> you could have it, man. We've been, like I was saying, we've been unseasonably cool. I think, uh, I think the highest that we've seen, maybe 83 thus far, um, which is, holy cow. Yeah. Which is really unusual for us. And I, and I want to say that was, Maybe it was last, no, it was a week before. Uh, so two weeks ago today, Monday and Tuesday, I think we hit like 81, 82. And then it's been real mild, like mid 70s. And then the last couple of days, man, we've been cloudy, misting, you know, 68. A little bit of sun here and there. So it's really nice, man. That's not bad at all. Heck That's no. like perfect weather right there. Yeah, well, we're we're two weeks out of our archery deer opener. So I'm hoping that it holds. Because last year we were 116 degrees, at least where I was hunting. It was 116 degrees on our tree opener. And They're not going to move in that at all. That, you know, surprisingly enough, I saw a little bit of movement. Um, nothing nothing that I was going to try and arrow, you know, that early on in the season. Um, but then it just became right. a, it became a uh, 
chess match with myself. Can I make it? <laughs> can I make it dark to dark? Because that's my rule in 116, right. 100 degrees. It was uh, honestly, it was miserable. <laughs> and water gets heavy. <laughs> oh, you're man. carrying it, man. That yeah. stuff gets heavy. Well, only for so long, right? In 116 degrees, it's like you can't get <laughs> enough. No, it disappears real quick yeah. too. I mean, not a lick of shade where I'm hunting, so. But I'm looking forward to it. I mean, that was that was kind of the determining factor going into this season um, and whether or not I was going to go back out and pursue the the deer that beat me last year um, was the heat. But if this holds, man, I'll be yeah, I'll be chasing his butt, man. You're going to be on it, man. Yeah. Well, hopefully he moves, you know. I mean, we'll see. Two weeks here with weather. I mean, we can be, you know, right back into that 100 range. So hopefully it stays there with you. So how, uh, talk about the hunting and outdoor life, man. You gave us a little quick snapshot about, you know, um, getting introduced to it in the whitetail, but, but how did that, uh, really unfold and what tripped the trigger, man? Man. So <laughs> my, uh, my old man will tell this story and he will like belly laugh. So I was, man, how old was I? Probably 11, 11 or 12 years old. And we go out and November, you know, a Missouri whitetail rifle. Um, I think it was November. Should have been November anyway. Um, but he's like, all right, we're not going to get into a, a stand this year. This is your first year hunting. Here is uh, a lever action 30-30. I actually shot my first deer on this farm with this gun. And your grandpa shot his first deer on this farm with this gun. So you're going to do the same. Man, that's cool. Uh, I hope I don't screw it up. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, we'd gone out shooting it before and got it all dialed in for me and stuff like that. So off we go, man. You know, it's oh dark 30 and he's waking me up and I don't think I slept much. <laughs> Just so excited to get out there. Opening day of rifle season comes around and the sun is just peeking up. So you're getting into shooting light. And you just start hearing some rifles crack off around you and neighboring properties and things like that. I'm like, heck yeah, we're going to get one. And apparently I fell asleep. <laughs> that, that, that's news to me. <laughs> and we're sitting in a ground blind. Um, and he knew that I was probably going to fall asleep. That's why he didn't put me in a stand for that first year. Um, so we're sitting in a ground blind along this fence row. that, And we have corn and, and beans and stuff like that up there. So it's coming off this, this cornfield that we're sitting in this fence row. And all of a sudden he starts throwing like big old hedge apples at me, like rolling them across the ground. Like, Hey, wake up. I'm like, what? He's like, look. And I look to the East and there's this, like, just picture that beautiful Midwest, Midwest whitetail. Eight point whitetail. I was going to say eight, eight or 10. Eight, a good eight. I mean, and I wish this was a fishing story, man, because then I can make it even, I can make <laughs> can it sound bigger. even better. <laughs> <laughs> and here he comes, man. He's, and he's moving and we've got the wind. So I'm not, obviously I don't know anything about that at this point in my life. I just know that he told me that we had the wind. So I imagine that was a good thing. <laughs> so this, this big old boy is coming and he goes, get ready to shoot. I'm like, all right. And I get, I get the rifle up to my shoulder and I get it, you know, seated right in the pocket. 
get a good cheek weld on the buttstock. And then that magical thing happens to every <laughs> guy when they're looking at their first deer. Man, I got the worst buck fever. <laughs> I, I, I mean, he, t- he tells the story is, man, this deer's coming in. And he was, he's not kidding. It was probably going to be a 30-yard shot. That's it. And he goes, this boy over here talking about me was trying to cast a spell on that thing. <laughs> <laughs> like the witch doctor. The barrel doctor, of man. my rifle, dude, is just going all over the place. <laughs> and uh, he reaches up and he, he and this is going to bug some people with gun safety and whatnot, but he grabs down by, you know, grabs the barrel of the gun away from the, the muzzle of it, but down on the barrel and he's trying to hold it still. And I'm over there just, and he i guess he sees me trying to cast a spell on him and off he goes so (laughs) my old man he's like get up i know where he's going and this farm that we're on now it's been in our family since you know the ancestors came over on the boats and settled the midwest and everything so he knows like the back of his hand because that's where he grew up and so we go sliding down into this draw down by this dried up creek bed. And uh, I'm like, well, I've got to pee. <laughs> you know, like, I don't know what we're doing. I'm just, I know I'm getting drugged through the woods right now, but I got to pee. And he goes, all right. And so I proceed with my business. <laughs> and he goes, boy, shoot that deer. And I had my, my rifle, you know, leaned up against the tree or whatever. Pistol and, in one hand, rifle in the other. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> And I pick up my rifle, not caring about caring about anything else. And I see the deer and one shot, double lung. He goes down, man. Get up to him. And he was what should have been probably, you know, something that I would let walk now. But he should have been a six point, but he broke off. So they only had one side. <laughs> oh, one shit. side. So he's a little... A little, a little three. <laughs> yeah, a little three. A little three by nothing. But man, after that and just that that bonding moment was something that you can't replace. You know what I mean? And so that was just super cool. And ever since then, like, man, that was that was fun. And I've hunted that farm ever since and taken some good whitetails from there and caught more bass out of our out of our little lake pond thing then i can count and just that's just kind of how i got hooked on on the outdoors and you know just wanting to be out there i don't even care if i see anything just let me go out and be outside so question is man you still get that fever not that bad (laughs) (laughs) no more voodoo witch doctor nah man uh harry potter left (laughs) I, you know, and, and I, I've said it on the podcast before, and I'm sure you've heard it. Um, last year I, I was on Catalina Island, man. And I think that was probably my worst. Case oh man, of, I remember, my I remember worst, hearing you tell that story. Yeah. My worst case of buck fever I've ever had, man. And the worst part, it, part of it was, it was probably, it was definitely the biggest deer I saw on that Island when I was there but it was probably one of the biggest deer I have ever seen. 
um, in, in all my years of hunting. Um, but it, whenever I'm smiling ear to ear right now, whenever I talk, dude, about I know it, exactly. <laughs> like when you told that story, I just started laughing. I'm like, yep. I've been there. Yeah. <laughs> and you can't, I, I didn't have any shame about it. Right. It wasn't like I was going to just pull some willy nilly ass shot and, you know, wound the deer or anything. There was no shame in it, man. And I actually, no, I actually like the fact that at least for me, right. That it still happens that way. You know, I, I, that I'm still affected by it that way. I love it. You know, so guys that, you know, that, that are just stone cold the whole time. I don't know how they do it, man. I get behind the, the bowstring. I'm good. But I, after the shot, oh man, it's on. <laughs> it right? is like, on. You got to have some sort of, like, you got to have that, you got to have that fire, man, that passion behind it to keep going out there time after time and just, getting miles in and and getting after it to to have that to still have that passion is is incredible oh man and it's a good thing man heck yeah there's nothing like it there's and i mean i go ahead i'm sorry and i bet you if i go out on this this otc hunt later this year and come across a big old muley and for some odd reason i'm lucky enough to put a stock on him you can bet your your uh your you know, <laughs> say, what you, say what you gotta say, man. It's all you right. Bet your ass, I'm gonna try to cast a spell on him. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'm gonna, you know, I'm using that now, right? That's gonna be, that's gonna be it this season, man. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that you know that that conversation, um, about all that, right? I mean, so just tangenting real quick when when you look at, you know, big racks or you know, guys start talking about trophies, things of that nature, um you had brought up that experience, right. And, and just being out there and enjoying that part of it too. And then, you know, getting out there and, and dealing with the elements and, and kind of beating yourself to a point um, more so than the animal. When you start talking about catching the fever and, you know, able to put that stock on that mule deer, um, man, those things, I think that is, that's addicting. Yeah. But, and it's more, to me, it's more of the drive for it. Than, than just about anything not to say you know i don't want to i don't want to misrepresent that right because i hate i hate eating tag soup but i'm okay with it you know i'd much rather notch that tag but i wouldn't trade a punch tag for that experience right if i can hunt off the side of a road and and kill that deer right away i probably i don't know that i would do it Where's the pursuit? Yeah. Where's the adventure? Where's the challenge in yep. that? You know? Yep. Yeah. For me, man, I, it's I, that I, challenge that is just, it's the challenge that I think keeps a lot of people going. Yeah. I mean, that part of it is just, it's such a big part of the whole thing, man. From the beginning stages of it, from the scouting, from the preseason work that you put in, and it's all culminating, you know, in that stock or, or getting that notching that tag, but then it's not over, right? Because we're way back in there. You got to pack that. You got to pack that critter out of there. <laughs> even that. Even that's enjoyable, though. You know, we always. It sucks in the moment. <laughs> yeah, but it but it is but, a really good suck. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> There's nothing like it, man. That that whole experience. And you brought something else up, right? It just it's firing off. Um, and I lost my train of thought that fast. Wow, what the hell's going on there? 
<laughs> It'll come back. <laughs> Absolutely. And we'll, we'll go down that rabbit hole when yeah. the time comes. Man. Yeah. That was like thought after thought after thought after thought. Um, but yeah, man, just, just, yeah, just enjoying that, that whole experience, man, and valuing that all there, there's nothing like it, man. Oh, that's what it was. So you were talking about, you know, scouting and, and all that. And I've been thinking about that in the last couple of days. Like, you know, I'm trying to get to Colorado, do some scouting. I got a couple cameras that I got to go pull and check and I want to add one. And I don't know if that, I mean, yeah, to a point it's necessary, right? It, it just helps to get us closer to notching that tag. But what part of that or how much of that you think is just feeding that obsession um, in the off season? A hundred percent. I mean, cause getting out there and just going and looking and glassing and looking at pictures, whether it's 18,000 pictures of the, the tree blowing, but there's still that one chance, man, that you're going to see what you're, what you're there to see, what you're there to conquer almost. Um, and it's just reaffirming that fact to ourselves that, yup, I'm capable and I can do this. Yep. And, and again, back to what you said, man, that's a, that's a big part of that drive for a lot of us, man. Heck yeah. I mean, it's, it's, uh, fulfilling. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Just, uh, you know, I mean, we, we, we talk about, you know, I did it, I got to that animal, but I mean, for me at least probably 80% of the time I'm really fighting my mental capacity for whatever, you know, that, that suck is at the moment. Absolutely. Like it's cold, it's wet. Maybe man, that's a big ass incline. My incline, I got to get up. <laughs> yeah. What am I doing? Right. Like, Oh boy. I, you know what? I can do this. And you just got to keep, you know, one foot in front of the other, man, just keep driving. No, I love it, man. That is, uh, it'll get you excited. I know as, as season gets closer, man, I'm, I'm more and more anxious and just like a little kid, you know, like a little kid, man. On the night before Christmas. I mean, just like I said, looking at deer season here, you know, being only a couple weeks out, um, it doesn't really help with that elk, elk bug, but, uh, yeah, it's just, it's like, oh, am I ready? Uh, It'll you know. get you out in the mountains, though. Yeah. So it might, it might satisfy it just a little bit. Yeah, I, I think getting out there and then, you know, getting into that, here we go with my cliches, um, getting into that mindset, right? Um, feeling the wind, you know, and start, you know, listening. And I think honing all that stuff, at least to me, uh, is pretty important. Um you know, I could feel the wind tickling the back of my neck and, you know, you're hearing these, these sounds that, you know, living in a city, um, you're not going to hear, right. You're just kind of honing that, that skill set, if you will, um, in, in that early season stuff, man. I, I Absolutely. You know, hope it lends itself to the elk woods this year. So getting your eyes and ears <laughs> dialed in. Yeah. I mean, it's a big deal. Um, you know, when that, when that, a list hunt comes up this year, man. I, you know, I hope that stuff lends itself to, uh, to the betterment of my game by the time that's here. So. Yup. Absolutely, man. What, absolutely. Uh, what does your 2018 season look like? How did that pan out for you, man? Uh, I got my first Colorado thunder chicken, um, on an awesome, 
awesome hunt in a little place uh, called Dolores, Colorado, um, just up the road from where I was standing in New Mexico. And that just kind of, that kind of came by, by luck, man. Uh, wasn't, I'd just gotten back from my contract, just getting on with the, uh, or I was working on getting, uh, hired on with another local police department after coming back from this contract and a buddy of mine, uh, that's a guide now, or was a guide then too, was like, Hey man, you want to go get a Turkey? Hey man, have you ever met somebody that doesn't say no? Cause that's, <laughs> let's go. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he wanted to do the whole guide thing where he wanted to cook dinner and, and like a full guided hunt. I'm like, no, man, we're going out there to hang out. Like, yeah, I got the tag. You don't, we, we can sit in the, the blind together or whatever, just hang out, but you don't need to cook or you don't need to clean or, or nothing like that. Like, let's just go hang out. And that's what it turned into, man. And, uh, it was, it was super fun. We heard a whole bunch of gobbles, man. And, then the day kind of quieted down and, and nothing was moving. We're sitting there about to pack it in for the day. And all of a sudden, you know, we hear one crack off. Oh boy. There's still a gobbler in this Canyon. We're in this beautiful part of, you know, Southwest Colorado surrounded by giant mountains in this deep Canyon. And, uh, all of a sudden this big old Tom shows up. I'm like, oh man. I'm going to cast a spell on it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he's calling for me at this point because I'm getting ready for the shot and the shot breaks and bird goes down. And man, that was, that was awesome. Uh, filling that, that first Colorado Turkey tag. And especially with a good buddy of mine who, who's an army veteran as well. So it was, it was really cool for both of us to get out into the woods together and, and have that camaraderie again and just hang out. Got back into camp, cleaned them up, had a great dinner that night. I think we cooked some steaks. Um, then the next day, you know, the, the hunt per se was over, but we just went and got lost in the mountains for several hours. Went up there hiking and looking around and glassing, saw a couple of black bear and all sorts of stuff, man. So that was that was 2018 for me since I was uh, just getting on with a new PD and coming back from a overseas trip and stuff like that so it wasn't as busy as i would have liked but it was busy in other aspects yeah well get out there and you know that get that one animal down man that's you know that's all that really matters getting out that shit not not even getting the animal down just getting out there heck yeah i mean if i wouldn't have been able to fill that 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 turkey tag it still would have been a great trip just hanging out with my buddy aj and and whatnot and just getting out into the mountains and getting lost <laughs> yeah worrying about uh worrying about a little bit of nothing man absolutely those turkey though they uh so there's been a lot of talk with with turkey right guys call them the poor man's ilk or you know stupid birds thunder chickens um but then you got folks that swear by them, man that is an interesting animal dude it's a fun hunt too man like it's a good time yeah especially especially with spring turkey right and and you know, yep. here we don't have a spring bear season, so it's, you know, it's either chase pigs, which if you're on public is a rough go, um, or go after turkeys. And it is, uh, yeah, it is, it is a fun time, man. 
it's fun. It's challenging. It's nothing, nothing too crazy. I mean, it's just a good hunt to get out with your buddies. So you brought it up a couple times, man. And, and it's one of the things that we'll chop on here. Um, but being a veteran, being a first responder, um, and the outdoors, man, and, and how that has helped you. Um, and then we'll parlay into, uh, kind of our main topic. Um, but let's, you know, let's have you hit on a little bit of that and how that's helped you and affected your life. That, you know, that moment, if you're out just hiking or going camping or scouting or whatever, when you're just out, out in the outdoors and you have that opening in the trees and you come out to that ridge and you just get that gorgeous, beautiful view. And I'm sure you're picturing that in your mind Heck yeah. where you're <laughs> overlooking a, a beautiful range. I mean, it's a perfect day and you just go, <sighs> that's what has helped me the most to get away from the everyday busyness, the, the craziness of, uh, the job that comes with, you know, going to Afghanistan a couple of times, you know, whether it was active duty or as a contractor or working the streets as, you know, a SWAT dude or chasing bad guys through a park or whatever, just that aha moment where just everything is okay. Um, and know that there's still, cause I mean, there, I forget who, I forget what his name was, man. Who was the police officer you had on not too long ago? And I hit you up right afterwards. Like, man, that was an awesome episode. Chad Bracken. Um, yeah. And I'm sure he, he would, uh, he would agree, but there's so much ugly that comes with that job. When you get out into that beauty of the mountains or wherever you're at to know that there is still that beauty out there is just, it's exactly what your mind needs at that moment in time, I think. So. Yeah. That was one of the things that he said, right. When, when I talked to Chad, um, is that that it's the only time when his switch is off, right? He's always heck yeah. He's always yep. on point, you know. <clears throat> Not out there. You don't have to be. It's just you. Yeah, that was uh, that was actually one. Of the, you bring that episode up. That was one of the things that stood out to me because not being in that line of work and not having the ability to to liken to it, right, and and understand that. Um, but to hear it and then think about it, it's like, damn, that, uh, I could totally see it. I mean, especially if you're, and I shouldn't say especially, but, um, if you're in high crime, urban, you know, urban, um, areas, I, I can't imagine that it's, uh, that you're ever able to turn it off is, is after hearing that, it was just like, oof, kind of a yeah. revelation for me, if you will. Dude, there'd be times I'd go to like Walmart or the grocery store and see dudes that I'd I'd made a you know a contact with, if you will, uh, that I had put away, you know, whether it was in jail or or what have you. And it was just, oh boy, this is not the time or place to do this. Um, and I went out for just. It's funny you say you know in that in that environment um, and being out in the mountains, you can switch it off. Did you think you'd be being able to go to like Applebee's or something with a buddy? Um, to have a beer, you'd be able to switch it off. No, man. Like I remember this one night specifically, I went into Applebee's to meet a buddy of mine and, uh, he was, he was also a, a fellow police officer and he went on the contract with me and stuff like that. Also a, a former veteran too. Um, now I'm thinking about his background a little bit, but, uh, 
we go in to have a, have a beer and I look across the bar and there's a dude that I, I recognize and he looks at me and he's just me mugging me. And I'm like, man, who is this guy? And I had arrested him, uh, you know, not too long ago. And we won't get into the politics of New Mexico law, but they don't let, they don't keep people in jail very long, regardless of what they do, it seems. Um, but I had hooked a dude for trafficking methamphetamine, um, being in, you know, felon in possession of a firearm, stuff like that. There he was looking at me across from the bar and I'm like, uh Oh, and I looked at, you know, my buddy to my right. I'm like, we got to leave. He's like, what? We just got here. I'm like, no, look across the, the, the bar. And the bartender just bought our, or brought our, our beers over and stuff like that. He goes, yep, time to go. And we didn't even have a sip, man. Just had to get up and leave. Cause you don't want to put yourself in that, that compromising position. And correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, law enforcement, unfortunately is under so much scrutiny, um, with some of the freaking, I don't, I don't really like to get political, um, with, with, <laughs> with some of the politics, with we'll just, say. Yeah. With the politics of it, with the right. uses of force and things like that. And it, it, it's a damn shame because it's putting guys in danger. Um, it's putting the dudes out on the street in, in danger because they're, they're having situations arise, um, where they're having to, second guess themselves on a situation where they shouldn't be second guessing themselves, but they're worried about the backlash from what they need to do and how it could potentially adversely negatively impact their family. Cause what a lot of people don't understand, man, is like, even though he was right, he can still be held liable in a civil court for the actions that he took that day wrong or right. Um, so the, I, I've had a few instances where that has played out and luckily I'm, I'm here to talk about it, but I mean, I should have taken a different path, but because of politics, <laughs> uh, I didn't do what I probably should have done and nobody. And if we're talking about, you know, pulling the trigger on, on that situation, metaphorically and real and not metaphorically, should I have? Yeah, absolutely. Does any police officer out there that's listening want to do that? Hell no. <laughs> right. You got to live with it. Right, wrong, or indifferent on the other guy. You got that's something. Absolutely. That you're a human being, right? And that's not a normal, that's not a normal thing to have to do, regardless of what country you're in, what capacity you're working in. It's just not a normal, not a normal thing. It, it has to. It, it has to make a guy with, with all that, you know, political crap, it has to make a guy, unfortunately, question, did I make the right decision with this career path, with, with everything that it seems like, you, you know, that, that officers are up against? You know, and that was uh, one of the reasons why I, I decided to hang up my hat, per se, was because of the politics, man. I, I was involved in an incident where... Um, a dude was chasing a couple of kids in a park with a knife and I was the first one there and I get there and two guys listen to my commands and they get on the ground and the other dude looks at me, just slowly turns towards me, has his hands in his pockets. He's the guy, you know, based on the description that we were given. And he looks at me with just this, this blank look and just starts coming at me. I'm like, Oh boy. And in that moment, I'm like, 
this dude's going to kill me. But if I'm wrong, I'm going to be crucified. My wife is going to be hung out to dry. My daughter is going to lose her house. Like, oh boy. (laughs) And I was by myself too. So there's nobody else around, right? And obviously we have cameras and things like that. But I didn't have, you know, backup per se. Um, And I made the decision to not put one in him. And I probably should have because I went to tase him. And as any police officer will tell you, a taser never works, ever. (laughs) And uh, he kept coming and we got into a pretty good scuffle. And I got him on the ground. Finally, my backup showed up, man. And he was still reaching in his pockets. And I give him... And I'm not, I'm not ashamed to admit it at all. I gave him one shot to the face uh, with a closed fist and finally got him to stop. And sure as shit, he was reaching for a knife. And um, later on, you know, after all the paperwork and jail and stuff like that comes court and he pled guilty to it straight up. You know, I, I charged him with aggravated assault on a police officer with a deadly weapon, blah, 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 blah. And he pled, he said, yep, I did it. I was going to kill that son of a bitch. And he said that in court and all that. Yeah, man. And the judge accepted his plea in the DA's office, uh, who I'm, you know, and I was good friends with the prosecutor. Um, so nothing against him, but he, uh, well, the prosecutor, uh, pushed for prison time. And the judge was like, you know, I accept his plea, but I don't accept that sentence term. And, uh, we're going to put him on probation. What probation? (laughs) I mean, okay. with, with the, I mean, basically an admission to his intent. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what, at that moment, it was like, you know what, at what point, and it's almost selfish to say, but at what point is my life worth it? It's time to explore different career options. And so, you know, I left on great terms with a great agency. I worked for a great police chief, um, had great supervisors and stuff like that. And they supported me in my decision. Um, they didn't want to see me go, but you know, they, they understood why. And I'm sure if any one of them are listening, they're like, Oh man, I remember that guy. His name is such and such. And it was at this park on this day. You want to come back to work? (laughs) (laughs) That's yeah. I, like I said, man, not being able to liken to it, but to hear it and to think of it, um, uh, politics again, man, you start to feel like. there's no, it's a lose win, right? It it seems like the guys on that side are given almost an advantage to a point because, you know, officers, you know, you're up against it. If if you guys are up against it, what the hell does a civilian have? You know what I mean? We have nothing to do as far as protecting ourselves without having some huge repercussions, man. I mean, it's just, it's a scary state if you ask me. Yeah, it is. And it's unfortunate, you know, laws and whoever you want to blame are, are creating that situation. And, and that's for a different off topic or offline topic that we can get into at a later date. But, uh, oh, don't get me going, bro. I live in one of the worst states <laughs> with that shit. <laughs> right. <laughs> it, it is a shame, but you know what? There's still some dudes out there that are just kicking down doors, going after bad guys and, and putting them in jail, no matter how, many times that door goes around in a circle and you know what my hats are off to hats them and, off to them exactly and i'll still if i see them out buy them dinner if they're out 
off duty, buy them a beer, or whatever it is that their their choice, of, their 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 thing is, and you know you gotta you gotta back the blue. Um, and my wife still works for a police department here in Arizona, so of course I have to uh, still show show, uh, show my support. <laughs> I mean, how can you not, right? When when you put it in perspective, um, and some better than others, right? I'm not saying that you know we're not saying that there's not a a bad apple, right, in a bunch, right? I don't want people firing off on us about that, right? But, but how can you not, when you put that in perspective and think that, yeah, it's a job, but this man, this woman are putting themselves, I mean, literally on the flipping line every single day. Um, and, and the majority of folks are going and sitting in an office building or, you know, in, in a, a trade or something, a welder can, you know, running heavy equipment or something. Um, yeah, there's risk, but ain't nobody shooting at you. <laughs> you know what everybody in, in my new profession that i took um they're like man you stressed out yet you know what i got to the office today drove on the highway no bombs blew up i turned on my computer it didn't shoot at me and nobody's trying to stab me so nah i'm not that stressed out yet <laughs> dude okay so no no bullshit here right so i got a uh a guy at work, he just started with us. I'm going to say it's been about three weeks. And he and I were having, he's same, same thing, man. He he was uh, PD and said, you know, I'm done. And he said the same. I said, how's your day going? He goes, man, I turned on the computer. Nobody tried to kill me. Uh, I'm not looking over my shoulder. It's a great day. <laughs> what, what, was, what was that movie? Today was a good day. <laughs> yeah, there you go. It was like, and he yep. said that and it just spawned the conversation. So it's funny you know, we're having this conversation now, but man, it, yeah, it's something else, man. You put that into perspective again, hats off, man. I, I mean, just that line of work is something else. And then, so that kind of, I don't know, rolls us into, um, second chance, man. Um, you know, the stressors of that job are close to, I, I mean, what, what passes that, right? I mean, you're dealing with all kind of loons. You're seeing some traumatic stuff, man. Um, dealing with that is hugely important. Uh, we start talking about like PTSD or, or excuse me, I've been corrected on that PTS. Um, and I'm not sure where you stand on that discussion. Um, cause it I've is been, what it is, man. It's right. an acronym. Yeah. You know? Um, I, it's, uh, it doesn't either way you cut it. It means the same thing. So why don't we just, embrace it and talk about it openly and solve this crisis. And, and we, and I'm not taken away from anything, but we, we liken it to vets, right? Guys that go, you know, go overseas or wherever we're, we're in a battle. Um, but absolutely, I, I don't know that we spend, I don't want to say enough time. I, I feel like it's, it, I'm, I'm treading on thin ice when I talk about it. Um, I'm not taking away from anything, but we don't spend in my opinion, as much time talking about first responders, whether it be firemen, um, you know, police officers, what, what have you. Um, and it affects so, those guys, you know, all the same. So there's, and I've done a little, and I'm in no way, shape or form, a subject matter expert on, on this, you know, uh, but there's, there's two different forms of PTS, PTSD, whatever you want to call it, combat stress, whatever. Shell shock was the term used in World War II, I think. There's cumulative, 
And then there's, um, I forget the term, but it's an event. So you're talking about dudes that are going down range and, and doing the things that they need to do for, for our country. And, and a bomb goes off. That could be the event that triggered those, that, that mental, uh, issue that's going on. And I don't mean that with any disrespect or anything like that, but, um, you know, they, they could see this trash on the side of the road. And that was the last thing that they remember before the bomb went off. And that could be, you know, what is triggering their PTS. And then you've got cumulative, which is what is, uh, seen in a lot of first responders, whether it's freaking EMTs, firefighters, cops, nurses, whatever. Um, and that's just the seeing multiple things or being involved in multiple things over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. And it may not cultivate in one final, um, event. It just could be from years of going to the domestic violence, the crazy car, the, the car crashes that are just awful, the homicide scenes or, or whatever. Um, and those, those things will get to people because unfortunately the stigma is still very much alive. And the first time you mention, you know, Hey, I'm having trouble sleeping or, or this, that, and the other, then, you know, admin or your superiors, you know, your upper leadership and your chain of command, if you're in the military can look at you like you're broken or you're damaged goods. And that's not just the case. You know, it's an, it's a normal reaction to an adverse event, and that's what it, that's all it is. It could happen to anybody. And just to put it in a perspective about what you were saying about first responders, and this is just a quick little uh, little statistic that I found recently. Um, in 2018, 46 police officers were shot were killed in the uh, were fatally shot in the line of duty in 2018. 140 committed suicide that's like triple <laughs> and that's why what is where's the disconnect and my my opinion um is that there's not enough resources or the resources resources within the department the agency the chain of command are there but they're not used because of that stigma and because of the fear of repercussion. And it's a, it's a damn shame. I mean, that's a dark, oof, I, to, to feel like you have to turn to that because you can't go deal with it because of a, of a, so how somebody's going to look at you. I, that, I, <laughs> I don't even know how to take it's that. It's frustrating, that's, man. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's rough, man. That is rough. Um, uh, and I know what those dudes are, are going through, man. Like I know firsthand what they're dealing with. And I understand their fear of going and saying, Hey, I need help. And there's nothing wrong with saying, Hey, I need help at all. In fact, it shows strength and courage and it takes a lot of fucking balls. Excuse my friends. No, absolutely. Man. To, to say that like, Hey, I need help. And there's nothing wrong with it. So if there's anybody out there listening, my Instagram, reach out to me and we'll get on the Instagram thing here later. But no matter the time, I'll call you, I'll chat with you, whatever. Um, 
and there's no repercussions here. You know what I mean? And that was kind of what, what, uh, so I've had a couple of buddies of mine that were, that I've lost to, to suicide. Um, one more recent than the others, he was just buried at Arlington national cemetery. Um, but that's kind of what led me to think of this, that aha or that moment when you're up on the mountain, man, we need to get dudes out here and maybe they just don't know how. So that's kind of what led me down the path of how can I help? What can I do? And so that's why I came up with the idea of uh, second chance outdoors. Let's get these dudes outdoors. Let's show them that there's an outlet that's literally in their backyard. They don't need to own a crap load of land because they own a crap load of land. It's called public land. And let's go out and explore and just camp and hunt. If hunting, if they want to get into hunting, let's go. If they just want to go fish, let's go. If they want to just go camping, let's go. And that's what I'm trying to, to build and facilitate. So second chance. Sorry. Is it, no, that's kind of right. got on a tangent. There. No, no, it's <laughs> not, that's not a tangent, man. That's perfect. Um, so second chance has an outdoor, which you, which you filled me on, right? Not, not coming from that, that life. Um, why don't you give us a little background on, on second chance outdoors? Just take us into it, man. Um, you know, what you're working on and, and, you know, give us the whole scoop on it. So obviously coming from the, the profession of, uh, first responder, I don't have a whole lot of capital <laughs> to get this thing started. Um, working on getting some products in things like that. And, um, all those proceeds and I hope and will challenge anybody that once I get this thing, start moving and start selling some products, I would challenge anybody to say, let me see your books and I'll show you that I want to commit 80% of all proceeds go to getting veterans or first responders outdoors. Um, and also to some conservation efforts that I, that I believe in too. Um, whether it's, you know, facilitating a, a camping trip up to, to our ranch, the Second Chance Outdoors Ranch, or flying a veteran in for, or a first responder in for a hunt that I've been able to provide, whether, it, and by provide, I mean pay for the aircraft to get them in here, the, the flight, lodging at a hotel before going into camp, paying for the outfitter if we need to go guided, uh, paying for the meat to get sent back to them. Just, I mean, literally, so there's no cost to those individuals just to get them to understand that there is a way to decompress and deal with some of those everyday stressors and that to show them, you know, there is a way to get away from that stuff that's, that's healthy. Because obviously we could go into the destructive ways of dealing with that stuff, but that's not what we're, that I'm focused on. I'm focused on just getting them outdoors, whether it's coming to my place and getting on my little plastic boat and go throw a line in the lake and just have a conversation. And it's all, and I want to be able to pay for, for all of it. So they don't have to worry about that. Cause I know coming from that world that, you know, your paycheck is precious and it's not very big. <laughs> So you got to be able to make it work. So if I could take that, that financial aspect out of it for them and make, 
make their life easier in that that aspect and get them on these incredible hunts or just go on a hiking trip or camping then whatever like just come on let's go don't worry about anything else let's go and let me show you this this escape so how is that how how is that been going as far as building that and and, and reaching out if you've done any reach out and so can't let too many cats out of the bag because it's still in the works but once we uh once we get our first few products on the shelf, so to speak, I want to do a giant giveaway. And there is an outfitter here in Arizona that I'm not going to mention yet uh, because we haven't solidified everything that is veteran owned and operated. And I want to be able to provide a free hunt, whether it's mountain lion or elk or just whatever, whatever we come up with um, and pay for it. And every purchase, whether it's a freaking sticker, hat, T-shirt, or even just a raffle ticket, will get them entered um, into this giant giveaway and, and hopefully be able to make that happen for the 2020 season and uh, do a giant giveaway where their gear is paid for, uh, bow is paid for if they need a bow, um, lessons if they need lessons, a rifle if they need a rifle. I mean, everything. And so I'm working and reaching out and partnering with a few folks that we haven't solidified. We haven't got everything in concrete yet, but that's, that's kind of where I'm going with it. And that's what I kind of want to roll out when we, uh, when we do our official launch. Um, so people know that this isn't just another t-shirt company or another sticker company or just some dude who's talking a big game and going to pocket this money. No, it's, I want this thing to be huge. Yeah, that's yeah. That uh who was I talking to? Ryan, uh on Instagram. It's uh Ryan off the grid. And they do a, Oh yeah. They do a, a thing back east, um, kind of a duck hunt, man. And and that's one of the things that he was he was telling me was just being able to get those those guys whether you know they for him it was coming from the military and being able to get guys back in that group um that shared those experiences maybe not directly but you know can can relate that, and yeah that camaraderie, that camaraderie. yeah yep. yeah and that was uh that's one of the things that he was saying um you know telling me that 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 really helped him was that level of camaraderie and just being able to share that time with those guys man where your midnight conversations mean absolutely nothing, but they mean everything at the exact same time. Um, one of these days I would like to do uh, a giant, like just camp, throw it up on the, on the ranch where I provide the food, the shelter, you know, everything and just come up there and get with like-minded individuals and just camp out for a weekend. If it's just the weekend is hang out and, have that fellowship and that camaraderie where it's like, man, I'm not crazy. This is great. And there's other people out there that are like me and make that, that network happen to where if they are having a bad day, they, they have an outlet to reach out to, whether that be me or somebody they meet in camp. Huge. Right. I mean, that, that, the networking, I mean, we look at social media, right. And, and doing the podcast for me has kind of, 
uh, and and I'm using this very loosely, right? Connected me to this line of thought. Um, things that I knew I knew they were there. Um, I know that our servicemen, women, and our first responders are important to me, but to look at it, you know, in depth um, and have these conversations and not that at that level, man, it makes it that much more important um, in my eyes, man, to see to see stuff like this successful, man. And it's and it's it has to be, you know, there's that that number that 140 number, and that wasn't even including firefighters or EMTs or nurses or military folks. I mean, there's the, the statistic out there that 22 veterans a day kill themselves, um, and we we're just talking about 140 in a year of police officers. Like, you just got to have that outlet and know that there's people out there that really do give a shit about you. And that we're here to help you. And, and, and that's one of the. <laughs> more important right? parts is, is being able to look at someone and say, Hey, I'm going through the same thing, or I have gone through the same thing. I know where you're at. I think that means a lot to that person that's in that, that dark place with it. Right. I mean, that has to mean that can mean the difference. Hearing that can mean the difference between that, that decision that none of us want to hear that's going on um, or not, you know, uh, it's just, and then being you know, able to connect with them on the mountainside where it's like, Hey man, this is something that has directly impacted my life in right. a positive way. Heck yeah. Here you go. Like, I know we didn't get on a muley or we didn't get on an elk or, or nothing like that. But look, look at all this. Everything's all right, man. You could flip that. The light off. is here. Yeah, exactly. Flip it off. And sometimes you just need that reset. Turn it off and go back to it the next day and, and you're all right. I, so, so it's funny you say that. So, um, the, the, you know, civilians, right. We, we have our nine to fives. We're looking for that reset, right? I think we take some of it for granted to a point. We're, we're not dealing. I mean, we have our stress, right? I'm not taking away from oh, what, what folks, what folks no. do. But again, um, unless I piss a guy off um, that's a subordinate to me at work, I, you know, I'm in the construction industry. Uh, I don't have anybody trying to stab me or, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's just uh, the perspective on it, man. Like I said, it just makes me think on it more and more and more. And it's like, man, I take this shit for granted. And then there's times and I value my time in the mountains, but to this, to this point, I, I'm not looking at that end. I don't value it enough when I, when I start, I don't know if I'm explaining it right from my head. I'm just, you know, no, you know I, what I mean? I hear, it just, I hear you. Yeah. It, it, no, Cause I'm there now, man. Like I manage a, a big old line of business now and I piss some guys off that are subordinate to me, but you know, I try not to, take that I'm going home at the end of the day for granted. And you know what? I'm going to run away to the mountains this weekend because I can, I don't try to take that for granted. And I've caught myself a few times, like whatever, it's just the weekend. Like, no, go do something. <laughs> and I don't think, and that that's kind of where I was going, you know, civilians, we don't, we don't experience that stuff, right? That, that stuff we take for granted, man. And it's just like, yeah, it's so important not to. So important not to. Absolutely. And then just remember that, that, that ah, moment when you're up on that ridge overlooking that, you know, overlooking that land 
with the sun just hitting it at the right spot, you know, and you can see it, <laughs> you know, exactly what I'm oh, talking heck about. Yeah, man. Every time you say else. it, I get a, I get, <laughs> there's one picture from last season that each time you start talking about it, it just kind of boom. There's that, there's that sheer yep. face I'm looking up at. Absolutely. <laughs> and that's kind of what I want to hope to share with people, man. Cause some dudes just don't know. Like, come on, let's go. Let me show you. So when, when are you uh, working on launching or when you expect to launch a uh, second chance? I'm hoping, I'm hoping while well, we're, I mean, we've got the, we've got the ranch all squared away and all that stuff's good to go and just getting some products in. And I'm hoping by August we'll be able to get our first, you know, just few, few products going. And I'm working with uh, uh, Ryan from Mountain Built. Um, on getting a website put, put together and everything like that. So he oh. actually helped create. Yep. With Tyler. Uh, Ryan. With Tyler. McCloskey. Yeah. Tyler McCloskey. Yeah. Yeah. Him, the real yeah. Tyler McCloskey. Yeah. That guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Tyler's that solid, awesome. man. Heck yeah. He, is. Um, he actually came up with the logo and helped me design the logo for Second Chance Outdoor. So uh, I'll be using him to help build our website and our store and all that stuff and get all that stuff. Uh, hooked up and running. So that's coming. It's coming soon. And, uh, hopefully we'll be able to pump a little cash into it, into it and get it pushed out sooner than later to get everything else rolling. That's all that tangent. Well, not really a tangent, but that's a rough thing, right? I mean, it, 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 everything takes money. Um, and, and, and trying to build something like that, man, that's going to, serve people um it's unfortunate that it takes so much money and luckily we you know we were able to get the ranch squared away and and just jumped on that and got that taken care of i mean if you look at it that's the biggest expense that we got so far and we got that but that kind of <laughs> that kind of hurts your bottom line when you make that big purchase right off the bat i mean but even if it's just a camp you know, a, a tent camp weekend, man, to get guys out and, and, you know, like we were saying that, that camaraderie time and just, you know, shooting the shit over a, over a campfire and a couple beers or some scotch or whatever it is. Um, you know, that, that's a game changer too. Absolutely. And, uh, I want to do that very, very soon, but I don't think anybody wants to do that in the Arizona summer. Well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> got you there, but want to the oven? It's kind of hot. <laughs> want to yeah. build a campfire? Absolutely not. Yeah, yeah, I hear you there. I, I didn't even consider Arizona summer. <laughs> right. <laughs> hey, if anybody in uh, Maine is listening, yeah, it's December, come on down. <laughs> yeah, pump your brakes on that one. Yeah, <laughs> the best laid plans, man, until it hits 120 in Arizona. Yep. Yep. And it's like, you know what? Uh, air conditioning is real nice right now. <laughs> so um, for Second Chance, man, how do how do people get involved or, or link up with you? Um, right now, we're just on Instagram, man. Look us up, Second Chance Outdoors. Um, working on building the followership there. And again, like I said, if anybody's having that, that moment, just hit me up on there or on my personal Instagram, too. I, that doesn't bother me. And that's... Uh, random hero underscore zero seven. Um, and I'll talk to anybody at any time. Granted, sometimes I do try to sleep a little bit. So, um, if I don't get back to you right away, know that I will. 
and I try to respond as quickly as possible, especially if it's a, if, if it's that kind of situation. I'm sure guys appreciate that. I know I appreciate man when, when folks are uh, trying to be a service to others, man, it's, it's, it sounds here, go with the cliche bullshit, but it's, it's admirable, but it's beyond that. Right. I mean, it's, especially being a serviceman and a first responder, it's, it's something that you know is necessary. It's a calling. I mean, I left, left one aspect of helping people and that was great. And, you know, got to help a lot of people save a few lives and take some bad guys to jail. But I mean, helping people is helping people regardless of who it is. And I mean, my, my allegiance, if you will, lines with guys going down range, getting the job done, doing what they need to do. And, and the dudes hitting the streets every night, whether that be, uh, my, my firefighters that stage at house fires. And that's a little making fun of my, my firefighter, <laughs> fighter, firefighter brethren, America's first, second responder. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I can say that I'm allowed to poke fun at them. <laughs> And I'm sure they'll, uh, I'll get some direct, I'll get some DMS making fun of, uh, you know, some, getting some donut jokes and whatnot, but just that's, that's who I am. I've decided that I need to focus on and, and spend my energy on is helping the people that help others. So let's lighten it up, man. What's the, <laughs> what's the 20? Yeah, dude, that, that, that stuff kind of gets, gets heavy. It, it does. Real quick. It, it really, <laughs> I mean, for me, and, and it's no bullshit. It weighs on me. It, it, you know, you're thinking about it and then, you know, I'll drive by an officer and, you know, I'll wave or something and, and try and, you know, just, Hey, hello. And they look at you like, all right, what's this fucker up to? <laughs> Dude, I kid you not. Like I slow down every time I see him, even though it's not like if I'm speeding or whatever, it's not like, Oh crap, there's a cop. Like, no, I'm slowing down to make sure that my dude, my brother, my sister out there is okay. And you bet your ass if he's in a struggle. Oh boy. Tag me in. Here I come. I still know what to do. <laughs> so yeah, no, that's usually important. But yeah, it it for me, like I said, man, it weighs on me. It's uh yeah, it's something I think about more and more, um, having these conversations. So um, so what is 2019? What is that looking like for you, man? Oh man, it was a, it's a bummer so far. I didn't get drawn for anything. <laughs> Join anywhere, <the> club, buddy. <laughs> and I didn't and I didn't give up my uh my New Mexico residency yet. Cause I put in for the Gila uh-huh. this year and oh, yeah, got goose egg there. Um, nothing in Arizona, but I may, well, I'm going to do that OTC muley hunt for sure. Um, that's, that's going to happen. It's not on the radar, but that's happening. Um, but then I looked at Idaho, man, I've never been to Idaho. <laughs> I've never hunted Idaho. Like, and it's fairly reasonable to do, uh, over the counter self-guided. So why not? Um, how you feel about, how you feel about wolves and grizzlies though? Dude, I lived in Alaska, man. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) (laughs) Like, Hey bear, get out of here. (laughs) (laughs) That's the only, we used to, we used to chase black bears, man. We would see them and they'd be on the flight line or whatever. And, uh, doing the MP thing in the Air Force, you got to make sure that the airplanes can leave. Maybe out there on the flight line. Man, funny story, real quick tangent. There was this this, uh, this girl from Japan that came in to backfill us because we just sent a whole bunch of dudes to Iraq and just working, you know, normal 
normal cop work and we get a call to the flight line that there's a bear and I've been taking her all over base trying to show her a bear. And I've been to every little honey hole I knew where I always see bear, right? Nothing. And all of a sudden this car comes out. Bear on the flight line. I'm like, hell yeah, you're going to see a bear. She goes, okay. What are we going to do when we get there? Well, we're going to chase it. <laughs> like get big and make noise and he'll, he'll go away. And so we get out there, man, and <laughs> we start chasing it. And we're all yelling, hey, bear. And uh, I had this, one of my NCOs, he was an E6, uh, like a platoon sergeant. And uh, he was heavy Louisiana accent. He's yelling, get on out of here. <laughs> and she's running next to me. And she's like, y'all mother are crazy. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So no, bears bears and wolves don't, don't bother don't me. Bother <laughs> Yeah, I got a thing, man. I'm, I'm the Grizzlies, man. I just, uh, you've heard it. I, yeah, I'm trying to get over them. <laughs> Dude, they're so big. Like, that's, that's a legitimate, that's okay. You're allowed to be afraid of a grizzly bear, but a black bear, no, you're not allowed. Yeah, just get I'm not, big, the, the, get loud. <laughs> yeah, the black bear, I'm not so worried about. I, matter of fact, I'll have to find it and I'll send it to you. I got a pretty funny video of getting chased by a black bear. She was pissed off at me with her cubs. Um, <laughs> The funny part isn't me running. I'm running and I'm laughing. The funniest part is when I get back to camp and I tell my wife what happens and that bear shows up in camp. So I'll have to send it to you. Oh, boy. freaking <laughs> hilarious, man. It is the funniest <laughs> video. I can watch the thing. She's like, what are you time. doing? Oh, she's cussing me, man. Oh, she's cussing Dude. me. <laughs> but it, it was, uh, yeah, it was classic, man. But the Grizzlies, they just seem to have a a next level... I'm going to get this shit done to them. Oh, yeah. They don't have a we're messing around kind of attitude. <laughs> at, all, <laughs> at all, man. There's a picture of one. And, we, you know, we're we're looking at uh, waiting on this leftover draw for Wyoming. And uh, we were talking about it over the weekend. And I'm like, you know, yeah, we got Grizzlies. So you may want to make sure you got your, your sidearm on you. Oh, yeah, I'm not that worried about it. And I'm like, look at this picture. And there's this picture of this Grizz, man. And he's probably just on a crick or something, but it, it the the look in his little beady eyes, that big giant body. I mean, you figure this bear has to be 380, 400 pounds. Every paw is above the water. Like that son of a bitch is walking on water. And I'm like, yeah, all right. Look at his <laughs> And he's picture. just looking at you saying, do something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, man, what what do they run? Top speed is like 40 miles an hour. I mean, a hey, sidearm is probably. You ain't out running that. I don't know that my sidearm is is a false sense of security. Um, I think at they the used end to of tell the day, us it. up there, bear spray is more effective. But I was also nineteen from the Midwest, green as could be, and they're like, "Hey, if you ever see a grizzly bear, uh, well, hope." Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, hope for what? Like they go away, or what? Getting a ball and hope for the best. Yeah, oh. I don't know. Yeah, oh, I don't know about that playing dead shit, man. I, I ain't no. sold on that. Uh, I'm dying. I'm dying fighting. <laughs> uh, I ain't playing dead, buddy. But uh, who was that? Oh, no, uh, not at all. Steve Downey with uh, Bendable Products. I was talking to him over the weekend. Um, I think that's who was telling me, and he was saying that uh, the statistic is something like fifth over fifty percent of folks that carry a sidearm are bit mauled or in some way, shape or form, the bear gets, you know, paws on them. Um, but bear spray 
is something like 67% or only, no, excuse me, 16% of the people with bear spray end up, you know, having the bear actually come in contact with them. And, uh, I'm not much of a gambling man, but I know where I'm putting my bet. Yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, my, my bet is adding the two together. <laughs> and, uh, right. There you go. <laughs> did I, I just went from 50% uh, and 16 up to about 70%, man. That's where I'm going. Hey, those are pretty good odds right there. <laughs> Will it work or not? I don't, I don't know. know. Do I want to test it? Uh-uh. Hell no. We'll, we'll only use it if we have to find out, man. Hell yep. no. I you know, you talk to talk to Luke, and and Luke's like, "Oh man, them grizzly bears. Don't worry about them." But <laughs> yeah, all right. Uh, Luke, sorry. No, I'm gonna worry about those guys. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not a ginger beard fucking Superman. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's so nonchalant about them all. Oh, don't worry about them, bud. <laughs> all right, bro. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, sure. Let me get right on that. Yeah. <laughs> they just seem so you know, damn you can unpredictable. Keep my face off, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, they just seem so unpredictable. Unpredictable. And that's a big ass animal, you know, and I, and I live yeah. and deal with cats. Anytime I hit the woods here, there's cats, right? I get it. I know they are there. I, and maybe it's, it's the level of comfort, right? Being around them for so many years, it doesn't bother me. Um, and I think right. that's just where he's at with Grizz. And uh, yeah, I'm just not there, man. That, that lack of exposure to him. I don't they're, care how they're it big. sounds. <laughs> I did this, uh, a through hike up in Alaska from a little town called Girdwood to Eagle river. And it was a three day, two night hike just over this mountain pass. And I was reading about reading up on it and how to do it and stuff. And they said, tie jingle bells to your shoes and it'll scare the bears away. (laughs) I'm like, well, that sounds stupid, but I'm going to try it. (laughs) Hell yeah. We didn't see, we didn't see any grizz. We saw a couple of black bears off in the distance, a lot of moose, um, but if you're hunting, uh, I don't think you want jingle bells yeah, on your shoes. <laughs> I mean, the thing is you come around a corner and that bear is standing there, right? If it's a sow with cubs, dude, I, for me, it's like all Dun- bets are off. Yeah. Dunsky. <laughs> I don't think you have a chance in hell, but I, maybe I'm wrong. Who knows? <laughs> and I'm sure there's more guys that, you know, that come across them and, and are able to walk away than, you know, than the guys not, but. You know, how do yeah. you know, how do you know if that's, that bear is going to let you be how do you number? know? <laughs> yeah. Right. And how do you know how, like, you don't know how you're going to react. You might start screaming like a little girl. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when, it, when you start boiling it down to statistics, right. I don't know what it is. I'm throwing numbers out there, but one in a thousand shit, I might be 999 and come around that corner. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know what? If the odds were playing, like with winning the lottery were, were like that, then maybe I might play the lottery. Yeah, but exactly. I'm not trying to get struck by lightning yeah. or eaten by a grizzly bear. Yeah. <laughs> I could think of a lot more, a, a lot cleaner way to go, man, than, than yeah. going through that, you know? And neither one of those things are on my list of things to do today. I mean, I got, I got shit to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's definitely not involving a goddamn grizzly bear. But but I tell you what, man, it's one of the most impressive, beautiful animals when you size them up. It's just like, I mean, that thing is built for duty. Oh, yeah, for sure, man. Like, I can't remember how much they told us, like, their their PSI, like, their 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 bite bite is. Yeah, dude. But it was just off the charts. Like, I'm not going to mess with that guy. I'm not going to try to fight him either. (laughs) Uh, although you hear the stories, man, I mean, there's, you know, there's been a couple, 
there've been a couple unfortunate, you know, some tragic ones here in the last couple of years, but then you hear those, you know, those freaks, you know, where dude is just that next level mountain man, son of a bitch. And, uh, somehow I vaguely remember hearing something, uh, man, dude, like hiking through Yellowstone or something. And he's just tooling along out there hiking, not doing anything of much of anything, just hiking. And he got attacked by a grizzly bear or something. And I mean, he got, he got beat up bad and was able to fight off the bear. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm talking I'm about. I'm like, holy <laughs> shit, this dude's a badass. Yeah. Like, I want him on my team. Yeah. And so yeah. he's by himself. And so he starts making his way down to his truck. Like, man, that sucks. I'm bleeding from everywhere. And then I shit you not. I remember reading this. The bear came back again. I'm like, oh, he's done. What There's that, no way. Was I forget that that guy was uh, he was hunting, wasn't he? There was a guy hunting that that happened to. It, it, I don't know if he was hunting or hiking or something, but he was out there. He got hit once and he fought back. And then he got hit a second time. And was able to fight back or like just pass out and make it go away. <laughs> Man, I'd have to look it up, but he lived through two attacks in one day. Yeah, he was hunting. I'm I'm trying to pull that up right now. Yeah. And see uh that dude needs to go buy a lottery ticket like yesterday. Well, I don't know. <laughs> he may not feel that way. <laughs> no. <laughs> Let's see. I think that that was last year. Yeah, it was recent that I read about it. Yeah, he was hunting, if I remember correctly. But what are the odds? What? What? I mean, you got to be a lucky dude. Well, yeah, and then he he was filming himself on like a Facebook Live as it was uh, as it was going down. I think that oh, that was kind of like, putting out like a hey, yeah, just think, so you're aware. <laughs> I think this is it. Hunter injured in bear attack. New details Montana. tonight about a bear attack near Livingston this past oh, weekend okay. that injured an Idaho hunter. The female grizzly bear attacked Bob Lagasa near Livingston Saturday. Montana Fish, Wildlife, and Parks says yeah, that dude, this bear has not shown any previous brass behavioral That's issues. That's all there is to yeah. it. After the incident, the agency is stopping short of calling the saw grizzly a problem bear. It says it has no plans to trap the animal. We have a survey going on. And lucky. Coming up. Yeah, that wasn't it. I don't think that was it. But that's one I didn't know about. That was October of last year. So I'd have to go down the Google rabbit hole, man, to find it. But yeah, yeah, I, I, I believe probably that, saw it thumbing through Facebook or yeah, something. I believe he was hunting. Um, bear attacked him, and they said, you know, he put, he was on Facebook Live. You know, walked to his truck, drove himself, and yeah, that's the one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was. Yeah, hunting. I can't. I I just saw it too, not too long ago. It popped back up in one of the feeds and. Yeah, some next That's level crazy, stuff right man. there, man. Yeah, I might have been. Yep, I might have been balled up screaming like a little baby. <laughs> right, like I would hope I would have the the testicle fortitude. Like, push <laughs> That's through. it. Yeah, but like, dude, you don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have. I mean, you. What do you do, right? And that's definitely you, you can't train for that. <laughs> no, and, and we're poking at it a little bit, but that's a situation that I do not want to find myself in. And and at some point, Never. it may be every time we put ourselves in the woods, um, in in grizz country or lion country, um, it's a risk we take. Absolutely, you know, all we can do is is prepare ourselves the best we can, whether it be with spray or a hand cannon or, or whatever, <laughs> or just yeah, or both and just some good situation, yeah. situational awareness. 
yeah, that's uh, is it going to be interesting if I pull that that leftover uh, Wyoming man to see uh, to see how I am leading up to that and and you know throwing that pack on and packing in the woods, man. Heck yeah, man! But that'll be uh, what'd you try to draw out in in Wyoming? It's elk. It's uh, oh okay. So I got denied on the on the initial draw, so they had you know uh, a few yeah. tags left over, um, in a unit, and uh, yeah, I'm hoping. Hoping and praying, man, that uh, that that comes through, because that'll Heck be the yeah, only man. that'll only the, be the only yes this year, man. Everything else was just reject after reject after reject. There was a couple that I put in, I knew I wasn't going to get it. The units that I put right. in for, I didn't have the points. It was just you know hoping. That's crazy, man. <laughs> like you got all the no's, might get a yes. I got like all the no's. And I only get a yes by buying it over the counter. But I know some first-time guys in New Mexico that put in this year. Boom, like, got it. Got it. Oh, my gosh. Dude, I want to hate you right now, but but good for you. And if you need somebody to go with you, like, let me know. <laughs> yeah, that... But I'm still going to kick you in the shin. <laughs> that, <laughs> that uh, I don't know. I guess... Right, you could plan, you could prep, you could do all this stuff, but going in there as a first-time guy on on a draw unit that you may never see again or see again in in ten or fifteen years—that's a hell of a risk, man. Yeah, especially if you're a first-time like hunter ever. Oh boy. <laughs> I guess the plus is they they I shouldn't say they like that. I don't know that there's as much pressure to get it done. That, yeah, I mean, you're just going out there kind of looking to have a good time and you don't really know what to expect. Right, right. And you're not looking to validate anything with anyone or yourself at that point. It's kind of like a freeing thing. There's some points of that that I kind of miss. You know, you're just kind of out there. admire a little bit. Yeah, you're out there just kind of, no offense, guys. um, You're out there kind of dumb. Right? You're just kind of, yeah. Yeah, you're just out there kind of dumb, just doing your thing and trying to figure it out. You know, not having that that uh, pressure from whatever it is. Um, like, I just spent all this money <laughs> on <laughs> new arrows yeah. or a new rifle for the rifle hunters or, you know, whatever. And I got to I gotta make sure I uh, earn it. <laughs> I don't There's know. There's like, eh. yeah, I'm going. I'm going hunting. <laughs> We'll see what happens. Yeah, I think there's. <laughs> I a, love it, man. And maybe there's a little bit, and I'm liking it to myself, you know, early on. And there's probably a little more pressure, um, being that social media is as big as it is, and you know, seeing everything you see and jumping on YouTube and seeing everything you see. So there's probably a bit more pressure for the new oh, hunters today than there was, you know, for a guy like me. Um, that's I got to bag you know, me a world class bull or you know, <coughs> a Boone and Crockett. Right, you have an idea of what a, well, I don't know if it's a accurate idea, but you, you think you know what, you know, class animal you're after until you get your ass kicked for five, six years and realize that those animals do not come easy. No, not at all. That's the, that's the dang shame about social media, man. Nobody posts about their quote-unquote failure or unsuccessful hunt, I guess. Unsuccessful is a better way. Or, you know what, they took, you know, a young muley or a young whitetail, whatever, but they're doing it to, to fill the fridge or to fill the freezer. Like, 
not every animal is going to be world-class or, you know, something that you're going to mount or whatever, but each and every time you're out brings a new story, brings new lessons, brings triumphs, whether it be summoning that, that, that ridge that you're looking at, or just climbing up into a deer stand for the Midwest guys for their first time or, or whatever, you know, each, each hunt, whether successful or unsuccessful is special and, and in every way possible. Especially early on. Right, all that absolutely, all, all that new information you're gathering, that that eye opening, um, it's everything and more that you thought it would be when you said, "Hey, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go in on this endeavor and see if I can do this." Yeah, I mean, just it's a whole new world that some dudes have never, never seen before. And I mean, if we've got some new guys listening, man, like, don't take anything for granted, like. You got drawn out, man. <laughs> We're talking about goose eggs over here. Yeah. So there's a win right there. Just take that win and get out into the, the mountains or the hills or the tree stand or whatever it is and just enjoy the hell enjoy out of it. enjoy the hell out of it. Breakfast, waking up early, being cold, <laughs> getting back to camp and having having a dinner or whatever. Just enjoy every single second. <laughs> 40, 40 degrees in a creek trying to get clean after three days of sweating, <laughs> stinking, right? You're starting to offend each other and yourself, uh, right, you know, man. oh man, 40, you, you know, you get in there, you get the, <clears throat> you get the river effect, we'll call it. Right. It, it hits and it's like, Ooh, oh shit, is. that hurts. <laughs> yeah, that, uh. Oh. <laughs> enjoy all of it that shit is so much fun man we went on a turkey hunt me Hell and tony yeah. went on the turkey hunt uh, i want to say it was two years ago and uh, we we had set up camp right right off of this creek and went down you know and you kind of feel the water during the day when it's 70 80 degrees outside and you're like oh that's not bad man, that's nice yeah that's nice <laughs> we get back to camp that evening man and say oh you know what i'm gonna go down here and we grab this little bit of soap and go jumping jump in this creek and Man, oh man, you talk about a mistake. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Doing everything yeah. you can just to yep. throw water on you, just to get the little bit of soap on you off. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then when it, I did that hike up in Alaska, man, we came to this river and you had to had to ford this river. It was glacier fed. And I had been dreading this moment <laughs> for the past for the past two days. I'm like, God. Oh boy. And I remember like tippy toeing through that thing <laughs> as fast as I could and as long as I could. And then the river effect took hold. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh man. That's that's a new kind of cold right there. Oh, man. Forty degrees is is cold. I don't know what glacier fed is. That has to be yeah. It was cold. Yeah, I don't know what the temperature was, but I know I didn't like it. <laughs> yeah, take your breath away. I mean, it that shit hurts when it gets cold enough. It really does hurt. <laughs> oh yeah, it does. Yeah, that uh yeah, enjoying all that, man. I mean, it's so much fun, right? I get a smile on my face thinking about some cuz that that's the the dumb shit <laughs> right when you look it back right? at, on those hunts. That's like, the stuff that you're going to remember. Oh man, it's so much fun, dude. So much fun. You know, falling you over. So and so did that. He fell down while we were trying to get up this hill. <laughs> it just rolled all the way down. 
those are the those are the memories man and just the the camp talks and the early mornings and freezing over breakfast and a good cup of coffee oh yeah it's nothing nothing like better it. nothing like it man um so conservation quick man what uh what's your take on conservation and and how do you how do you view how we should be affecting that man give us your give us your one to two minute deal on conservation man who said it a few weeks ago i was listening pick up your damn trash (laughs) (laughs) tj (laughs) yeah tj and i was like man so easy we had talked you sent me the email and you know i was thinking about i was thinking about this segment you know this this part of the conversation and then he talked and got to his i'm like dude there's nothing better man just pick up your damn trash we're supposed to be ambassadors of the land. And, you know, we talk about hunters giving back so much to conservation and we're the real conservationists. Are you really though? (laughs) (laughs) Pack it out, man. Even if you see it on the trail and it's not yours, pick it up, just bring it out. Cause it's our responsibility as, as the public land owners to take care of them. And yes, I'm, I have a couple of pieces of private land that, that are mine. And I take care of them like so. But if I'm out in public land, guess what? If I'm walking on it, it's mine. And I'm taking care of it. And that's that's the mindset that we all need to go through, man. Like, just pick up your damn trash. <laughs> you know, you bring up a point there. And I never, I never, and that's why, this is exactly why I do that, man. Um, take care of it like you paid for it, right? I mean. Absolutely. Truly, right? Not not this, you know, through your tag or through donation or through taxes. No, like you went out and you're making a monthly a monthly payment on that property. Heck you know, yeah. You're not gonna I mean we are. Yeah. We've got dudes still downrange given everything. We owe it to them to take care of this beautiful piece of ground that we've been fortunate fortunate enough to live on. And be able to use freely. Absolutely. You know, it was, it was paid for in blood and, you know, we owe that to the people who've gone before us and done extraordinary things for each and every one of us to have this conversation, to have this podcast and to have those mountains that are all of ours. It's not just, oh, look, it's a mountain. Like, no, that's my freaking mountain and I'm going to take care of it. Just take care of it. Excellent. So anything in closing, man, anything you want to get out there? Any, uh, any shouts? Man, just again, thanks, thanks to you for having me on and letting me uh, go dark there for a second, and but get an important message out to uh, our men and women in uniform, whether it's a camouflage uniform or beat cop or firefighter, like they're they're out there giving it a giving it their all for us, and any time for any guy or gal that's having a hard time, man, just reach out to me on either one of my, my platforms or reach out to guy and he'll put you in touch with me or, or whatever. And be looking for, uh, that giveaway, man. Cause I'm hoping we can, uh, if we can affect change in one life, then I've done, I've done my mission with uh, second chance outdoors. But if I can affect five, 10, a hundred, then I mean, we're rocking and rolling and crushing it. So don't be afraid to, reach out there's there's resources available that are uh non-judgmental and just reach out to to them and 
or to me or whoever and just talk because talking will uh, get you through a lot of the stuff. And uh, when it's time to go out into the woods, man, hunt hard, give it all you got and leave it out in the mountains. Good stuff, brother. Well, man, I, uh, this is kind of, well, yeah, it's kind of been a long time coming, man. Trying to make absolutely, this, uh, man. We've been talking schedule. about this for a minute. Yeah, yeah. So it was a long time coming. So, I, man, I, I greatly appreciate your time. Um, anyway, if you're ever in Arizona, man. Yeah, don't say that too loud. You got forty acres, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> um, and a whole bunch of public land that we can go find uh, some coos on. Yeah, we're gonna have to. I'm trying. I, I don't want to say I'm gonna do it because that it seems like I jinx myself. But I'm thinking absolutely. January. Um, is when we're going to try and shoot out there for that. So I'll hit you up when we, uh, Heck yeah, man. when we get that figured out, but, um, no, man, I appreciate the time. Any way that we can, you know, help, uh, when you get second chance up and rolling full steam and any way we can help, man, I'd be more than willing to, uh, to lend a hand if it's coming out and helping on a pack out or, you know, coming to help in camp or something. Um, when you got something going on in the property, man, just don't, don't hesitate. Absolutely, man. I appreciate that. Good deal, man. Thank you very much. Cheers, brother. We'll talk to you later. You can catch up with Logan on Instagram at randomhero7. And to learn more about Second Chance Outdoors, follow Second Chance Outdoors on Instagram at second underscore chance underscore outdoors. Thank you for listening. Follow and tag us on Instagram at Western Contours. Jump on iTunes, Google Play, and Podbean. Subscribe, leave us a comment, and don't forget to hit that five-star rating. We appreciate the support, and until next time, lay them down. Hi, this is Weston Jenkins with Disabled Outdoorsman founder of an organization where we choose and let individuals come in the outdoors. We have many people across the nation that refuse to give up and our brand is going to represent them and now you can too. You can go to our website at www.disabledoutdoorsman.com or you can find us on Instagram at disabledoutdoorsmanusa. We want you to be a part of the cause with us and let's make a difference one day at a time.